0: Hello, Velo News listeners. This is Dan Cavallari, tech editor at Velo News, and I'm coming out with you with another Velo News tech podcast. And joining me today, virtually through the magic of computers and Skype, is Ben Delaney. Ben, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing just fine. Greetings, everybody, coming to you from my garage slash indoor workout spot uh, slash. Offices, we're all hunkered down and working from home.
0: Yeah, we're we're all in our various uh, indoor setups, pain caves, whatever you want to call it. I'm I'm also in my basement, and right behind me is my my indoor training setup. You know, with my my wahoo and my my kicker and my computer and all the all the stuff you need to ride indoors. And that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today, um, but not exclusively. So, really, what we're talking about today is is training with power. And you know that that notion has changed a little bit, uh, given the strange circumstances we are in. So Ben, today we're going to talk a little bit about the equipment you need to train with power, whether that's indoors or outdoors. Um, and some of th- and, and quite frankly, there's a lot of crossover there uh, between what you can use outdoors and what you can use indoors. So we're going to talk a little bit about what options are out there, um, how it works, and and kind of how you can use it to to um, increase your training effectiveness. Um, let's start by talking about my favorite part, the gear, the goodies. Um, can you, can you, uh, can you run through, Ben, you, you, tend to use a lot of, uh, indoor training tools, um, but we both use a lot of outdoor power meter type, uh, stuff. Let's, let's run through what's, um, what's the difference between the, the power meter stuff that you use outdoors and what are some good examples and what's the difference between the stuff you use indoors?
1: Sure. Well, I mean, let's just start with like what's the what's the point of measuring power, right? And and outside, largely, it's a reference point, like a bathroom scale. Uh, a bathroom scale isn't going to make you skinnier or heavier, but it will tell you uh, quantitatively where you're at. Same thing with a power meter, um, and that concept applies inside and outside. Um, one thing that we've you know some common wisdom that that uh, even we at VeloNews have repeated over the years is that the most important thing when training outside with power is repeatability. You know if your bathroom scale is off by a pound or two in the grand scheme of things that doesn't matter. What does matter is that it always gives you uh, the same reading uh, true to itself, so it can tell you whether you're going up or down. And when training. Strictly with power, that's what you're after. Uh, I think what's interesting now, as so many more of us are now riding and racing each other online, is that accuracy does matter. Uh, if one person's power meter is, is set higher than the other, or a smart trainer is set higher than the other, uh, that can give someone an unfair advantage or disadvantage. So uh, now I think both things are true. You want your power meter to be repeatable, but you also want it to to be accurate. Mm-hmm.
0: So yeah, so in the in, over the years, uh, at least at my time at Velo News, we've always said, yeah, when you're buying a power meter, make sure it's it's uh, it's consistent rather than accurate, uh, and and that's more important. And it, you know, in a sense, it still is, uh, but. Now there's an added element to it, and that's riding indoors where that accuracy actually does matter. So, you know, we've got, uh, you know, we can run through some of the power meter styles uh, that that we are now common, you know, like uh, crank-based and things like that. And then, Ben, also tell me a little bit about your experience. Um, you know, you're always, before before we uh, started working from home, you were always out in the back at the VeloNews in the warehouse, riding all sorts of indoor uh, trainers and, and smart bikes. Tell me a little bit about um, your experience with uh, power meters on your bike for outside and how those compare to the units that are built into some of the training uh, bikes that you've used and 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 uh, indoor riding units that you've used uh, on Zwift.
1: Sure. I mean, in testing power meters outside over the years, you know, you were talking about you want to make sure your power meter is consistent. And the question is like, well, how, how do you know? How do you know? It's, how do I know my... Power meter is telling me the truth here, and the the best way I found to approach that is through you know a way similar to our government. Is that the best system we have is democracy? It's not it's not perfect, but it's the best we got. So uh, I've been I would test as many meters at the same time as I could, uh, trying to look for patterns there. Now, you know you can get up to four meters on a bike at a time, and can you tell? Just because all four agree, does that mean they're all correct, or they are all just wrong and agree? Yeah. I don't know, but uh, but where I've come to is if multiple meters are within you know one or two percent of each other, I'm pretty happy with that, and that's something that you can certainly train to, and that is something that I feel like on Zwift we can race each other within those parameters, and that's fine. Um, so I've applied the similar a similar testing technique to. Uh, Riding smart trainers are now smart bikes. Um, For those of you not familiar, a smart trainer is just like a dumb trainer, an ordinary trainer. You put your bike on it, it offers resistance. But the the new wrinkle is that it has interactivity. So when you're using a game like Zwift, uh, it can increase the resistance when you hit a virtual hill and decrease it when you're going downhill. Or when you're doing workouts uh, of prescribed wattages, the trainer will match the resistance to those things. So all you have to do is pedal, and the game and the trainer will walk you through these workouts, uh, which is pretty cool. Um, So yeah, testing smart trainers, I found that much like power meters, each one has its own personality. Uh, It's frustrating that sometimes you'll get lemons uh, like you will with any other product, um, so sometimes it's good to test multiple iterations of a product. Um, I've found smart trainers, like a lot of things, to be uh, better the more money you spend. Um, I wish there was you know some perfect scenario where you could have you go against the Keith Bond Trager uh, pick two out of three situation, but that's usually usually not the case. Um, but you can get a, a I've found a, a pretty reliable. Uh, smart trainer with power for less than a thousand dollars. So you know it's, it's now it's kind of in the same range as is as, as, uh, a regular power sure. meter.
0: And and there's nothing stopping you from using your your outdoor power meter indoors uh, to, to to use in your virtual environment. Correct.
1: No, no. And, and in fact, I would recommend that if you are a power nerd like myself, and you already have a power meter on your bike, to absolutely use that when you're riding inside. Um, even if you have a smart trainer, you can use the smart trainer to control the resistance for interactivity and for structured workouts. But as far as the power that's being reported, use your power meter because you know even when you get pretty good agreement between a power meter and a smart trainer, there is often going to be just a little bit of variation. Um, you know, I was talking to coach friends like Frank Overton at FastCat Coaching. You know, he has clients that have different power meters on different bikes and a smart trainer on inside, and he will set up. Their uh, their training zones differently for each of the things, because you know their FTP or their functional threshold power will be reported just slightly differently based on the, <laughs> the different ones they're using. So the more you can streamline that and simplify that, the better. Uh, uh, probably a, 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 a notable example of how off smart trainers can be. Um, there's a set a of smart rollers. that that Elite makes called the Nero that I love riding. It's super fun um, because it's, uh, you know, rollers, So you've got the freedom of movement, uh, both side to side and with this system, a little bit of fore-aft. So you're not just fixed in a static position. It feels like riding a bike. Um, But you get the interactivity of a smart trainer. Um, But because they are a, a set of rollers uh, the power measurement is not what a, a high-end power meter would be, and I found it would be off by like you know twenty and thirty watts. To the point where you know Zwift at the end of a race was telling me, "Congratulations, your FTP just went up by thirty watts." And I was like, "Why?" Thank you. You lie. I love you so much for lying. To me. <laughs> yeah. um, yes, and you are handsome and wonderful. And uh, you like. Well, I appreciate yeah. that. So, so in that case, I've what I've done is uh, I'll I'll still ride with those. I enjoyed riding with those. But I will let the game of Zwift control the resistance, but I will use a power meter uh, on my bike uh, to report power to the game. So, again, consistency and accuracy is what you're after. Yes,
0: yes. And, and so there's a lot to unpack there. Um, you know, we, there's an evolution, basically, between how we've been using power meters outdoors to train um, and how it's sort of become a new uh, measure or really a control I guess when you're when you're riding indoors it's sort of become this new parameter um but I want to backstep one more time here and you mentioned FTP FTP um for those of us you know who are just trying to get a workout and have never done a Zwift session or you know really aren't really racers but we like to ride seriously can you explain uh what FTP is and what an FTP test is
1: Sure. So functional threshold power is, like many things, something that uh, we cyclists like to argue over the precise definition. But a common working definition is that it's the maximum power you can hold for an hour. Now, And, and then from that, you can set up your, your training zones. Now, testing to determine how much you can absolutely do for one hour uh, is difficult. So a common test is a 20-minute all-out test. You do a warm-up and then go as hard as you can for 20 minutes. Uh, even that is is not fun at all. No. <laughs> um, but you, you can take that 20-minute number, or better, a game or a software can take that 20-minute number and then uh, multi, multiply by point, you know, 0.95, you take 95% of that, and that is your, for all intents and purposes, your FTP, your functional threshold power. Um, and a lot of training programs, including those on Swift, are keyed around this number. Uh, just a little confession: I I haven't done one of these tests for years because they're terrible. But a cool thing about uh, whether it's Swift or a training software like Training Peaks is that. Th- you know, computers being smart, they can go in there and, and do some of the number crunching for you and find your best power, average power over twenty minutes, and you know, have that as your effective test. So for me, doing zwift races, which are often short and ferocious, that's when I've hit my twenty minute peaks and it will calculate the FTP based on that. Right.
0: Yeah, and, and as somebody who has done an FTP test relatively recently, uh, it will make you question your life choices. It is just just an awful experience. But it is so vital to understanding your own power numbers. And, and that matters a lot in Zwift because uh, a lot of what happens in Zwift and other virtual environments is based on your power numbers uh, and your weight. And so there's a little bit of a scout's honor situation here. Um, ben, tell me a little bit about um, how how fast you go in Zwift based on, on those numbers, your, your, uh, essentially your, your power, your FTP, uh, your Watts per kilo, how does that all intersect and what does that mean when you're actually riding in Zwift?
1: Sure. Well, let's, let's take it one piece at a time. Uh, first we'll talk Watts per body weight and then we'll talk, uh, FTP stuff. Uh, so the cool thing about Zwift is the algorithm incorporates two of the primary physics things that are, in play when you're riding outside, one is your watts per kilo, so how much power you're putting out uh, over your body weight, uh, and then the other is your how much power you're putting out over your aerodynamic drag. So when you're outside riding, gravity and aerodynamics are the two main factors that are opposed to what you're doing. So in the game, the more you, the harder you pedal, the faster you go. And you enter in your weight, again, as you said, on Scout's Honor. And then the game does a calculation based on your height that you enter and your weight as to what your aerodynamic drag would be. And it's cool. When you get behind a big group, the power required goes down just like it would outside. And when you come out of the draft, like you're attacking, the power required goes up. But so that makes it that gamifies the whole situation. But um, one thing that's been neat is, you know, for instance, I talked to uh, some of the folks over at Excel Sports, is a, a local shop here in Boulder. Last winter, they noticed that after a number of people had come in and bought smart, smart trainers to get in on Zwift, they learned so much about. How power works. That they came back in the spring and bought power meters to ride with their bikes outside because, you know, a lot of people are are aware of power meters. But you know, the main question is like, well, what do I do with it? Like, what's the point? Like, okay, there's a number there, but you know, really, I'm interested in if, like, if I feel good, I want to ride more, and if I don't feel good, I want to ride less. But like, what's what's what is the actionable uh, data or information that these little computers are giving you? And having ridden in Zwift. More people start to understand what you could do with those numbers. Um, one thing that's neat in Swift is d- different group rides or group workouts and even races are often divided into categories. And those are done on uh, watts per kilo. And so one thing that's handy when you're riding along is you, is you get to associate how you're feeling with that number either the raw number in watts or the watts per kilo breakdown. And all that information is always available on screen, including uh, watts per kilo of all the people you're riding along with. And so you can get a feel for, okay, when I'm just too long easily and I can chat comfortably, that's you know less than two watts per kilo. Okay, I know what that is. And then when I'm going six watts per kilo, that is not something I can withstand for, for, for very long <laughs> at all. Um, and so, when you start to get a feel for how those different zones correlates to effort, your perceived effort, it makes it easier to get in where you fit in. So when you're looking for a group ride, you can look at a number and and just understand, okay, we're going to be going at a conversational pace, or okay, we're going to go in a hard pace. And outside, you know, we've often now been joking, it would be cool if group rides, outdoor group rides, not that those are a thing right now, <laughs> but when they were a thing, and hopefully once they, you know, once again will be a thing, uh, it, you know, it's hard to uh, to explain to someone how hard a ride will be, right? You know, because your easy pace and my easy pace and Betsy's easy space are all different right. things. And w- without doing a lot of explaining, it's hard to, uh, to gauge that. But having this one single number of watts per kilo, right. because it doesn't matter if you're a skinny person or a heavy person, uh, th- that is the, the equalizer. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, the FTP, it's like the other numbers. It's something that can be measured, right? Uh, and in addition to setting your training zones, uh, it just allows you the whole framework with which you can measure yourself, whether that's you know, for the 20-minute duration or just for shorter durations you know, one minute, two minute, five minutes. It's interesting, I was talking to Scott Knightum, who coaches Pete Stetna, and he was talking about how infrequently he will push Pete, to his, in his words, to the breaking point of trying to see absolutely how far he can go, because... Uh, most of the time that's that's unnecessary, but, you know, FTP is something you can measure and it is good to, you know, set a goal, to set a plan, to do some work and see that that plan has has been working. And that's, um, a lot of the training plans within Zwift or elsewhere are based on trying to up that number. Um, and and basically like the, yeah, you know, the higher your FTP, you know, the, the more work you can do at uh, an easier level.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So um, I want to talk a little bit about the there's essentially three ways you can use Zwift Um, and in power factors into all three of them. So, you know, you could just ride on Zwift. You can you can train and you can race. Um, Talk a little bit about how power factors into those three ways. So let's start with just you just want to ride. Um, I think we just covered that really is, is you're basically just getting set up um, so that you get a more realistic experience. Am I missing anything there?
1: Nope. Yeah. As long as, yeah, whether you've got a power meter or a smart trainer or a trainer that you do a roll down configuration with within Zwift, all you need to do is start pedaling and off you go. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you don't, yeah, you don't have to care about the science or dig into the science or do a bunch of testing to get going. You just need the basic equipment. So you've got, uh, a device, whether that's a, a tablet or a laptop or a desktop or even your phone mm-hmm. with Zwift on it, then you've got a bike and a, a trainer of some sort. And then thirdly, a way to uh, digitally communicate between those on Bluetooth or, or Ant Plus, whether that's a power meter, the smart trainer, uh, or a so-called dumb trainer that you do a roll down test to configure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you get yeah. those pieces in place, you just start writing. That's all you got to do. Okay.
0: Uh, so that's good. You had me. at You don't have to care. Uh, so I'm. I'm on board. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about training. Uh, what are some of the ways you can train with power? And I, I suppose at some point here we should talk about the intersection of uh, power with heart rate, uh, and and that probably factors in mostly with the with the training uh, aspect of what you can do on Zwift and and what you can do with your power meter. So talk a little bit about that. Um, how how the training uh, setups can work on on Zwift.
1: Sure, and you can take this as seriously or as frivolously as you like. Uh, you can follow a complete plan. with You know, there's something that's there's uh, multiple multi-week plans set up for various outcomes of you know doing a short race or a long race, mountain bike race, gravel grinder, etc. Um, you can plug in plans from your coach so that they all appear in there, and you just follow along. Uh, that's one way to do it, or you can do it piecemeal a la carte, which is Uh, Something that I appreciate doing, a lot of folks appreciate doing, and that you jump on and you can select uh, from certain parameters. First, based on time, do you have less than 60 minutes or do you want to go for more than two hours? Mm -hmm. Uh, Are you looking for an intense workout or are you looking for an easy workout or something halfway in between? Um, So you just pick one and and off you go. Um, So that's another way. To train, and then there's another uh, general classification type, which is uh, doing things on your own um, or doing group workouts. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the, my favorite things about Zwift is the interaction. You know, the graphics are cool, but that only holds my attention, like the squirrel that I am, for three or four <laughs> seconds. <laughs> yeah, and and really, it's the interaction with other riders, both in terms of the replicated physical interaction of you know, riding with a group making it easier, the psychological effect of you know chasing someone or being chased, uh, and then also the social aspect of chatting back and forth mm-hmm. uh, with riders. That's for me what is the is the real hook to the game. Yeah. So the group the group workouts uh, are just like a you know a virtual indoor class where you're all suffering along together, and you can you know badmouth each other or the workout or whatever, and mm-hmm. uh, pass the time that way.
0: I got to say I'm I'm really. I have to apologize to anybody that's ever given me one of those like ride-on thumbs-ups in the games. I never give them back because I'm just like, I'm really bad about actually engaging. You're just all
1: take and no give. I
0: am. I'm really selfish. And, you know, occasionally, you know, people will say ride-on. I don't, I just can't breathe. I can't, I'm sweating. I'm gross. I don't want to reach out for the keyboard. So I apologize to anybody who's given me one and I've never given one back.
1: (laughs) Well, you can, with the companion app, you can do that, you know, when you're not in the In the heat of the moment, you know, sometimes like as I'm looking, uh, for what events are coming up, I'll use the companion app to see what's coming up. And when you're doing that, uh, any of your friends who are writing pop up on the top of the app and you can give them all a thumbs up with one little tap of the finger. Whoa. So you've got no excuse, Dan, no excuse.
0: (laughs) As with most failings in my personality, All right, so the third way that you can use Zwift and and, and power factors in in a different way here um, is one that I've actually never done. I've never raced. <gasps> I've never. I, I know it's pathetic. I've never raced on Zwift. Ben, you've raced a lot on Zwift. Um, tell me, tell me about that experience, and and again, how how power can factor in here.
1: Sure. Well, power is uh, again, you know, coming back to the accuracy, the. the power becomes critical when racing each other because we all want to be on the same playing field. And When you're doing the workouts, you're all riding together uh, regardless of speed. Um, the point there is that you're you know, t- training at the same zones, and that may vary from one person to the next, but the game keeps you all together, uh, which is a nice thing uh, because that's the goal, right? Mm-hmm. In racing, yeah, you're all trying to pound on one, each other on one another and and, and get away. So um, as with outside, the the more power per weights or the more power per CDA that one can do, the, the faster you should go. And there's mm-hmm. like racing outside, some taxic, tactics to it. Mm-hmm. Um, what's cool about Zwift racing is that at, uh, most races have categories so you can sign up based on where you fit in. And again, that's based on... Uh, a, a ballpark watts per kilo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> There's if if people's wattages are way too high, the game has a default setting that will k- kick you out of the race. You'll you'll still be pedaling within the game, but you're mm-hmm. booted booted from the race. And uh, now that racing is closed. Professional racing is is closed, and more pros are getting on Zwift. A few pros have triggered the this switch <laughs> and been kicked out. of the, We saw recently, you know, Thomas De was booted from a race because yeah. his power was suspiciously high. Like the game said, "Hey man, a normal rider cannot do this." And yeah. he was like, "Well, I'm not a normal, normal rider. I'm a, a professional." <laughs> but uh, I, 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 that cracked me up, and it also made yeah. me feel good. Hey, that these the the uh, the rules the, the the digital cops are working here. Yeah, may need yeah. to adjust per. Uh, per pro license but mm-hmm. yeah uh,
0: now uh, again let's let's go back to to the hardware which is you know my favorite part i like to nerd out about the gear and you know i mentioned that you know ben is been a sort of infamous in the news office for uh being on trainers and smart bikes and, and all this in the in the warehouse pretty much every day um which means uh a we don't trust you because you're crazy but b um you you have a lot of experience with all of these toys Tell me a little bit about the experience of smart bike versus smart trainer, um, especially as it pertains not only just in usability, but as it pertains to power. I mean, have you found that all of these different units are usable and accurate enough uh, with their built-in power uh, features to, to, to use? Or would you recommend, again, um, you know, th- they're not there yet and you should use your regular power meter?
1: So I've tested four smart bikes uh, over the last few months. you got the Wahoo Kicker bike, uh, which you listeners have probably seen. It's the one that, that uh, pivots down and up to mimic course undulations. Uh, the Stages bike, the Tax Neo, and then the Watt bike Atom. And those four, yes, as far as Power. I found those to all be very close to uh, the Garmin Vector pedals, which I used as a test of sorts. Um, so I would happily use each of those, any of those bikes, uh, for training or, or racing as far as the power goes. And I found those to be generally closer. Again, there's just a you know a single power meter that I was able to use, pedal based, uh, compared to like when I test Smart trainers and I can use pedals and cranks and then sometimes if it's a um, a wheel on trainer I can also use a hub base system so I can be having you know as many as three meters to test against a smart trainer. With the smart bike you can mm-hmm. only use pedals as, as a check but um, those pedals I have in turn tested against meters from uh, stages and quark and SRM and found to be reliable so uh, by inference I, I feel comfortable with uh with those as a as a test case mm-hmm. with the, where there is more variability um just the the overall uh ergonomics of the of the different bikes mm-hmm. um, so those were fun to test you know the, the 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 wahoo is probably the most fun to ride because it you know has a little bucking bronco thing of going up and down uh it's Fairly easy to adjust for fit. I mean, that's one of the big benefits of these smart bikes: is that multiple riders can use them, and uh, it doesn't take too long to adjust the bikes to, to different people's fits. Um, my, I was initially kind of skeptical about smart bikes. I saw them sort of as a as a different category of thing. You know, I saw a trainer or something that a serious cyclist would use. You know, we'd put our expensive bicycle on a trainer, and that's how we do it. And then the gym crowd would use spin bikes. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, turns out there's great functionality with these smart bikes and, and convenience is nice. And, and the stability is something I've really appreciated with the exception of the, the Wahoo, which does have a little bit of wiggle to it. Um, you know, compared to putting your bike on a trainer where it's just held on by the rear dropouts, Mm -hmm. um, Having a bike that's built for riding inside makes a lot of sense when what you're doing is riding inside. Yeah. All
0: right. So we know that now there's plenty of hardware to choose from. That, and regardless of what kind of trainer you're using indoors, uh, you know there's there's plenty of options for accurately and and consistently measuring your power uh, to function well within the game. And for those of you who are coming from the outdoor world and, and trying Zwift for the first time, it is absolutely uh, totally possible and even recommended to use your outdoor power meter for your indoor riding. Um, aside from the power meter, Ben, uh, and the trainer itself if you're riding indoors are there any peripherals, accessories that you would recommend for somebody who's uh, looking to get into Zwift because of our unique times, uh, and maybe hasn't used it before? Uh, and and is there anything else that we're missing about you know in terms of you know obviously a heart rate monitor could help you with your training? Are there any other peripherals that people should consider when they're getting their their newly minted quote unquote pain cave set up?
1: Yeah, the two things I'd recommend: one, a fan. You can get super fancy with that, but just a normal cheapo fan works just fine. Uh, and then the second is the Zwift Companion app There's uh, that works on a smartphone, and that one's handy for a few reasons. Uh, one is to see what events are coming up and to see if any of your friends are signed up for the events. Uh, so you can just sc- scroll through that like a normal app and and sign up for the event and sign up for the category. Um, and then the other reason that it's super handy is that you can use that to communicate with other writers while you're writing. So again, Dan, to take away your excuse that you're too sweaty (laughs) to touch the keyboard, (laughs) you don't have to touch the keyboard. If you've got the app, uh, you can just use the talk to tech function, uh, or any of the little quick icons to give people a thumbs up or ride on or flick Mm -hmm. the elbow to tell them to pull through. Um, wow. You can do that that too. That works. Yeah. You can can ring the bell. Bring, bring, Yeah. Oh man, I'm way off the back here. <laughs> you are.
0: I'm a taker, man. I'm we can, a
1: taker. <laughs> well 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 let me give you something else that you can take. You know, starting yep. uh this, this coming Wednesday, uh April the eighth, where we Vellanous are gonna be having a group ride on Zwift every morning, 9.30 Mountain Time. So you, so you can jump in there. And if you want to chat, Dan, you can chat, or you can just take and listen to the, you know, read the conversations from other folks. But okay. yeah, that is open to any and all, Wednesdays, uh-huh. 9.30 Mountain.
0: Wow, I'm even invited?
1: Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs>
0: even you. <laughs> even you are invited, all Dan. Right. Uh, you know what? I might actually show up. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm going to crash this party. Ben, uh, thanks for joining me today right. and uh, remotely from uh, from from across the miracle of the internet. Um, and for those of you listening, if you have questions about this podcast or any of the other podcasts in the Velo News atmosphere, feel free to please tweet at me at brown tie dan. That's also my Instagram handle, or you can email me at d at VeloNews.com. Ben, how can they get in touch with you?
1: Well, just find me on Zwift every Wednesday nine thirty Mountain.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time.